0: god damn i need ipa this is beer In ain't easy your podcast for beer humor dad humor and beer tastings from texas and beyond so crack one if you got one and turn it up
1: all right everyone welcome to beer In ain't easy with adam drew and ryan Welcome, y'all. We have got an
0: awesome episode tonight. We have got a very, very special guest and a Houston beer-centric episode. So she is a major contributor to the Houston Beer Guide, co-host of the Drop Queens podcast. She's an expert on the Houston beer scene and goes by the handle of Houston Beer Mother on Instagram. Welcome, Sylvia, to the show.
2: Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. I can't wait to drink some beer with y'all. (laughs)
3: that's what we're here to do (laughs) let's not waste any time then we know it's a big (laughs) deal with you to shotgun beers so we thought it appropriate that we would all shotgun to start the show off Hold, hold up before we shotgun we need to
0: hear like what's the backstory what what's the tradition on this shotgunning
3: shotgun
2: start oh um i don't know that's how every good podcast is supposed to start off especially a beer one you just shotgun a beer to get things rolling now it's this tradition from uh, the Draft Queen show, uh, which we got from our good friend, John Denman, at Drink of Ages. We do a, a golf tournament every November for pints, to get, uh, pints for prostate, and uh, it opens with a shotgun start. So I said, hey, let's adopt that. Let's make it our own, too. So shotguns all around.
1: We've been doing it wrong. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> We're going to overcorrect tonight. I mean... If that was any hint of what this episode is going to be like, I mean, we're in for a treat. Let's get this started. So,
1: Drew has never shotgun a beer. Before. I
3: have shotgun a beer before. It's Drew been a is long a time.
1: Complete.
2: Uh oh, we have a shotgun virgin.
0: I don't know that "virgin" virgin's the right term, but I was going to ask if we needed a referee
1: <laughs> to make sure everyone was doing it right. Let the video. Are you recording it? <laughs> <laughs> Let the video. Yeah,
2: I was trying to make my hole bigger, but I kind of messed that one up.
1: Oh, well. I will say I've never shotgunned indoors.
2: Yeah, I have a feeling I've
0: got a little cleanup to do after this. All right, let's do this. Cheers.
2: Cheers. Ah. Ryan's still going. Go, Ryan, go, go, go,
1: go, go. Oh my God! Yeah. All right, are
2: oh, a
0: loser. <laughs> just for the record, I wasn't last. I don't. I don't know, Ryan. What happened on your end? You were like way back off the camera.
3: <laughs> I started spilling, so I had to run to my emergency towel that I laid down back here. So I had to stop what for me. The
1: advantages of doing the podcast at Drew's house is I don't have to worry.
3: <laughs> Everything just smells
2: like beer in here. <laughs> Wipe up the floor. Or, yeah. you know, you're going to have those little pesky flies, GNAS, like we like to call them.
0: All right. So let's get down to business. So before, so we want to get to know you, Sylvia. But first, I think let's pour like our sipping beers and maybe talk about what we got. What are you drinking over there, Sylvia?
2: So I just finished shotgunning a Hyperlite. Um, that is actually my go-to beer nowadays. I'm a huge hophead like you all. Um, but lately I've just been really exhausted with all the crazy, um, styles and even to a certain extent, some of the bitterness from an IPA, I'm just kind of like, eh. Um, and so I have just poured a, uh, Blue Testament, um, from Back Pew Brewing in, uh, up there in Porter, Texas. This is one of my favorite American pilsners around. Uh, if I'm not drinking Hyperlite, I'm enjoying this, this crispy boy. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm drinking. What are
3: you drinking? Well, Ryan, what you got, man? Uh, right now I'm drinking a Hellas Lager from Klaus Brewing. A shotgun to Bell's lighthearted ale. uh, Delicious. uh, I got a St. Arnold Harmony IPA on tap, or not IPA, Hazy Pale on tap. Nice. So
0: I was overtaken by the, the October Halloween spirit here. So I cracked open... A St. Arnold Pumpkinator from last year, so 2020 Imperial Pumpkin Stout. If there's ever a time to drink pumpkin beer, it's right now. Cheers to that! So, Sylvia, tell us a little bit about yourself. Let us get to know you, and then we're, we're going to like throw you some questions along the way.
2: Oh, okay, um, that sounds good. Uh, so, my name's Sylvia. Uh, <laughs> I um, am a born in Houston, raised in Houston. Mexican American gal that likes to drink beer, um, like you all. I think in your intro you covered it pretty well. Um, I still don't really quite believe that I'm a major contributor yet. I think there's a lot of power in our community right now, um, and I, I think that um, there are a lot of people, you know, that you meet pretty much across the city that are doing very, very similar things that that I'm doing. Right, a lot of social media influencing. I hate to say it that way, but that that's really what it is. A lot of community gatherings, so helping breweries kind of build events and drive traffic out to the tap room um, is a lot of where my focus is. Um, and really just getting out, meeting new people, and you know drinking beer. <laughs> it's just really as simple as that. Uh, along the way, I've picked up some hobbies. Um, my friend Lindley and I do Draft Queens, which is a podcast that we started, I don't know, I think it's three or four years ago. We've, we're on Spotify, and Apple, all the major players, right? Um, And our goal really was to just talk about beer, talk a lot about sensory, um, really important to us, learning how to not only taste beer, but how to describe beer. Uh, which I've heard a couple of your episodes. You guys are pretty good. I mean, you know, <laughs>
1: <laughs> it must have been a recent episode you Yeah, you don't. You don't have to tell us that. It's garbage.
2: <laughs> I like the Oktoberfest flavor comment uh, that came up on your last uh, episode. So yeah, that was that was really fun.
0: That's our specialty.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, but yeah, just you know, kind of bouncing around from different hobbies. Uh, done some stuff for Texas Craft Brewers Guild, raised some money. We did a. Uh, Houston Hottest Calendar, was it two or three years ago? We sold uh, calendars of brewers that we thought, I mean, they looked pretty good, but really we just love the beer that they brew. Um, you know, we've had, uh, we raised some money for that initiative and that was right before the Texas uh, Beer to Go initiative, before that actually got uh, launched here in Texas. So thankfully that went through and we were able to be a part of that. Um... Yeah, and then really, like I said, building the community through Texas Beer Collective. That's the Facebook group that I uh, help manage. We're about a 1,000 members right now, which doesn't seem like a whole lot, uh, but in the grand scope of, of craft beer in Houston, it's pretty impactful, right? Um, everybody that you talk to and that you meet on a day-to-day basis that have has an interest in craft beer are worth meeting, right, um, to try to drive this industry up a little bit. so. Um, it's a loaded question, but that's just, you know, that's kind of what I do. Hobbies, do some um, random thing. I work in technology, so a lot of computer stuff, a lot of um, social media. Um, I brand ambassador for a couple breweries around town. And uh, just trying to build relationships and have the best beer experience that I can, really. So, you know, your typical social media influencer kind
0: of vibe. <laughs> we, we've been trying for that status for a while, but, uh, you know, Adam just doesn't have the right
1: touch for that. We'll get there. It's just a matter of time.
0: <laughs> so if you were born and raised in Houston, then you were here from kind of the scene from the very infancy of craft beer. Were you drinking it at the time where it started blowing up or was it more recent where you got really into it?
2: Yeah. So I didn't start drinking early on. Um, even in my teenage years, I really didn't mess with that. I was pretty straight laced. Right. Um, but I started in craft beer around 2012, 2013. Um, Ryan and I were talking a little off air earlier about Noby public house. That was where my craft beer route started, uh, started going to Noby, started, um, well, the sandwich shop had, had opened and I told the story before, but they had this flyer on the uh, backside where the kitchen was that said craft beer opening up in like, it was like two months from that point. Um, 50 plus tabs or 25 plus taps at the time. And I was like, oh, that's cool. We should go check it out. They opened up, we would go have dinner. And then before you know, it, we were spending our paychecks there. Um, we were going there two, three times a week. And this is right, coincides with the untapped launch. And so everybody had untapped. We were just chasing beers. We were trying to check in as many beers as we possibly could get our hands on. Um, We were even sometimes going on our lunch break to get the, you know, lunch break badges and all that crazy stuff. But in the process, I learned a lot, right? Got to taste some of like the, you know, older craft beers that were in the area. You know, your are lacking And then St. Arnold's was was doing a lot of stuff. Um Resputin was a, a one that I drank a whole shit ton of beer. um hated IPAs for like two years solid. I just kept trying them, kept trying them, kept trying them, and then Avery Maharaja came out and I was like, Oh, this beer is delicious. you know, how did I hate this? How did you know what happened? My palate changed over time, and I found what I liked. so um started my craft beer journey over at Nobi just chasing beers. Like all of us start. Right? I guess
3: that hit, hits home for me. Maharaja was one of my first favorite IPAs too.
2: Yeah, you had good taste then.
3: <laughs> I had a good mentor.
2: yeah. <laughs> so what so one day you just realized, hey, I just want to be on a beer podcast. how did the how does the beer hobby start for you, Drew?
0: Well, I think Ryan should probably start
3: because he was the uh, craft beer guru that brought me into craft beer. I think. (laughs) Yeah, I got sort of drug into it, kicking and screaming. My uh, my neighbor at the time just forced me to go to all these places with him, and that was right when, like, right when Carbach opened, like, right when 8th Wonder Ah. was opening. He was bringing me to St. Arnold, so I just started all of a sudden got exposed to this new world, straight like basically straight out of college that like I didn't know. Anything that yeah. there was more to it than just like you know, Bud Light or whatever. Um, so I got thrown thrown in the deep end, but uh, so that was cool. And then Drew's, Drew's my brother in law, we'll say yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> so I started pushing it on him because I'd show up with a whole bunch of stuff and be like, Hey, dude, try this, try this, try this. So, oh, yeah. Oh,
2: yeah. 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 yeah.
0: yeah I think that's, Ryan took a- me to the next level. Like I started drinking somewhat craft beer, but it was like I was in Houston. But then I moved out of Houston in 2010 and so when I left all I remember there being was like St. Arnold and that was mm-hmm. the only craft brewery I remember and then I left and I lived in Oakland for six years and then I came back and then all of a sudden it was like holy shit there's like breweries everywhere and so um, you know i I'd got I'd gotten into IPAs and Belgian beers and stuff like that but Ryan uh, kind of brought me to the elite status of like you know hazies. Nice. <laughs> I love Remind that. me
2: to tell you about the Belgian beer project that we're working on at Val's. Um, don't let me forget about that. to Tell you about that later.
3: <laughs> we want to hear about that beer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like we still need to hear from Adam. What's your story? What is my story? <laughs> so,
1: um, I've always been a big beer fan. So, even like from my my college days of being like a Blue Moon and Fat Tire fan. So, I've I've liked beer. For a long time. And then really, I think like when Drew and I moved next to each other in like 2016 is really like when when my love for craft beer took off. So I've always been like prior to that, I loved beer, but I'd always get the same thing. And then like 2016 time frame is when I became obsessed with trying different
3: beers. And then it's it's all history from there. Right. So Sylvia, I know you brought up Instagram and, and beer influencing a little bit ago, and uh, I know your, your handle is Houston Beer Mother. Is is there a story behind that, or or what's the deal with that with that name?
2: Yeah, so I recently changed it to Houston Beer Mother uh, when I took over Houston Beer Guide about a year and a half ago. Um, so uh, in the homebrew scene, I met a gentleman by the name of Josh Frank. Um, still a really cool friend. He was running Houston Beer Guide for a few years, um, had mentioned it before, you know, in passing. And I kind of read the, what I read the website whenever it was pretty active uh, back in the day. And um, so I had a conversation with him, decided that our visions were the same on it. Um, the vision for Houston Beer Guide was always uh, have a way for the Houston community to be able to contribute something. Um, so kind of your, your online center for beer reviews, kind of what's going on in Houston. Um, you know, uh, uh, what do you call breweries that are opening? We also have an interactive map on our, on our page that we keep up to date with all the new openings and a way to bring more awareness to Houston beer, put Houston on a map. I mean, damn, we have a lot of good beer. I think we're up to almost, almost 80 breweries, um, and there's still a few that are, you know, pending licensing right now. Um, that's, a, that's a lot of breweries, but still plenty of space for more. Um, so Houston has always just kind of gone through this. We have beer here, but in an effort to try to put Houston on the map, I figured let's reignite Houston Beer Guide. Let's um, have a platform for anyone that wants to write uh, and contribute their love for, for Houston beer, a platform to do that. Um, so we have a small team of writers, uh, I think we're up to six writers and one video contributor who actually lives in California. <laughs> um, but, you know, he writes a lot about our beer. Uh, and we we try to stay up to date on what's going on. And most importantly, we try to be seen, right? Uh, there's a lot of social media influencers out there that you see a lot of photos and videos and things, interactions online, but they never show up to any of the releases. They're never there, you know, uh, hanging out at the tap room on a random Friday night, there's a big difference of, of showing up online and showing up in person. So, um, Houston Beer Guide is being present, being a part of the scene and, um, contributing back into it because, um, let's face it, you know, some of these breweries don't have the best, you know, marketing budget, um, and they rely on their local customers and their, the, the folks that drink their beer and enjoy their beer to help spread the love. So, um, it's about supporting lo- you know, local and supporting kind of what's around you. And so, um, it's, <laughs> like I said, it's uh, it's one of those things. It's, an, it's, it's another hobby. It's another social media venture. Uh, but it, it's for kind of the, the open community. It's for the, you know, for the general public. Right. Um, I mean, you guys are in a way social media influencers with your podcast. Um, you guys have some great content about beers that you love, maybe beers that you don't love so much. Um, everybody that works in this space in the way our social media influences where they like it or not. Do you agree?
0: Yeah. I think what's interesting is that we, you know, we started this as a pandemic podcast and so everything we did was like us just, we're just a couple dads like sitting in the suburbs, like drinking beers that we've got to go. And so <laughs> this year we've, you know, we did that, this Houston brewery challenge. And so we're getting out. A lot more and it's so much more rewarding to meet like the Uh people you meet like it's just amazing to me that you go to these events and the breweries are showing up and you would think that they would delegate that out but like you said it's it's usually like the head brewer like the head of marketing that's pouring their damn beers at these events and and it's just it's amazing like the people you meet in the community and like how open and friendly everyone is it's yeah that's where the action is it's i really like what what the vibe that you guys have on that website
2: Yeah. Yep. Cool, man. I'm glad you like it. It's a beer. It ain't easy. You know, this, (laughs) uh, it is a lot of hard work. And so sometimes, you know, we ask our writers to consider contributing at least once a month. Um, there's perks in it, right? It's not a paid position. We're not a nonprofit or anything. Um, we, uh, you know, we'll give them beers and, uh, to be honest with, we have a lot of support from the local breweries that we support um i'll I'll name you know brody at spindle tap he's he's always very much like hey we got a new beer coming out come and try it let me know what you think very very open um to hear about what the customers or what the community thinks about this beer um because they use that that's valuable information to them i mean not everybody likes the same beer um and we all have our differences when it comes to styles of beer but uh, when you start building that relationship with these businesses they trust you with that information. They, they trust that you're going to be honest. You know, it smells like dirty socks and they probably shouldn't put it on the board. They're expecting someone to tell them that. So, um, we hope to provide some honest feedback. We are not about hyping up any breweries in particular or creating any drama or anything like that. We, we try to steer clear things like that, but we also want to be open, honest. I may not like the beer because. You know, I don't like that that earthy hop aroma that you might get from certain hops, but you know, uh, it, it's not criticism. It's just here's what I get. What do you get off of it? Um, can we coexist? Absolutely. You know, um, that's what it's about. So we want to be we want to set that, that stage for Houston. Houston deserves to be put on a beer pedestal as a city. Uh, we don't. I feel like we don't get a whole lot of love us being a beer city we should we have a lot of great stuff here that was actually one of the big
0: topics that we had for today was was what would it take for houston to become that elite beer city like what more do we need is it just more hype more recognition or do we need do we need something else
1: what's holding us back i mean i think we got the quality of beer i think it's more about the hype and the marketing you think so how much
2: how much hype how much does hype really drive though um over a long period of time right we've seen you know i'm not going to name any names today unless you really want to you know talk bs but <laughs> uh you know there's there's breweries that are um known for their hype image but they don't you know, I don't think that really drives the success of what you would think a brewery is just because they are being talked about on social media. Here, we'll show an example. Martin House, okay? Martin House is probably one of the most widely known breweries in Texas. Why? Because they're doing crazy shit, you know? Nine times out of ten, the beer is you probably want like maybe a six ounce pour and then that's it. It's like, wow, this really does taste like pizza. I can really get the sourness of the mozzarella. But do I want to drink it again? I don't know. You know, does that make them successful? I don't know. <laughs> don't get me on the hype tangent. I will be. Uh, we'll be here all night. <laughs> you might, you might not have enough fear for this conversation.
0: <laughs> I'm pouring more right now. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like with Houston, there's a little bit of a, there's a distance issue, and that, <clears throat> mm-hmm. you know, when you go to San Diego, like Ryan had his bachelor party in San Diego. And we, we parked or, you know, we, we took a cab to one spot and we were able to walk and hit like six breweries. And, you know, it was, yeah, we walked a mile or a couple miles or something like that, but like we were able to hit so many breweries in, in a really concentrated area and they were all really good. Mm-hmm. And so like, I feel like Houston, it's like, you're either like in an Uber, just like hopping or like yeah. rarely you can find a couple breweries next to each other. Because everything's so, so spread out. Hurts. Yeah. Yeah. I think that hurts sometimes.
2: So I can think of at least. Three areas around town where you have clusters of breweries, and let's let's start with Wakefield Drive. You know, so you, you used to have petrol station right there at the corner, and then you have Great Heights, and then you have uh, what's the new one that I still haven't been up to? What what's on Wakefield? For Brash stick. is over there as well.
3: Yeah. So yeah, Walking Stick is the one right by Walking there, right? Stick. That's it. I, I used to live. I used to share a fence line with Brash. Back in the day, yeah. <laughs> Do
2: you go to Brash?
3: I haven't in a long time, mm-hmm. but I mean, it is great, especially since I've had a kid. I haven't been.
2: So, I was gonna say, what? Okay. Can I, I ask you why you haven't been if you're local?
3: So I'm not anymore. So oh, was, okay. Two houses ago, I shared the fence line, yeah, and then I moved, and I was close. To, I was right by Eureka Heights. I was like, actually, I was like two blocks from New Magnolia and like four blocks from Eureka Heights, and now uh, I bit the bullet and moved to the suburbs and uh, live in that suburb deadlock huh? <laughs> he's slow he's slowly dying inside yeah <laughs> Cypress Cypress is kind of a beer desert
2: <laughs> so what's the closest brewery to your home uh,
3: so actually I haven't talked to to Adam and Drew about this but um, it's like Twisted Acres relatively close Misfits pretty close um, Location 6 Brewing out in Waller is just as close as anything else which is like wow Arnold. So wow. Old. But location six was cool. I really liked it. Went there last weekend. And uh yeah, two thumbs up. It was fun. Playing Texas Blues the entire time. Oh yeah. Beer was good. It's got that small town vibe. It's like a little main street. It was it was cool. It was great. Very cool. I don't get out to those parts very yeah. often. I can't imagine any of you guys would. <laughs> Well, that was the whole
0: point of this like brewery challenge that we're doing to try to go to every brewery within 50 miles of Houston, because it's like, it's going to force us to go to places that we would never like take a trip up and go. I mean, there's a ton up like near, uh, you know, Lone Pint. There's a whole bunch of breweries, small breweries up there. It's like, you just take a trip and maybe pop into a bunch of those. I don't mm-hmm. know.
2: So any on the South side. So, you know, I live in Pearland, so, uh, I tend to spend a lot of my time South of the Beltway, uh, any of those on your radar or that you haven't been to yet?
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. There's there's some that we haven't been to. We spend a lot of time at Valences. We love Valences. A lot yeah. of time there. Yeah.
2: Sweet. Yeah. I got in on that um, Mug Club membership. Uh, so I'm there at least once a week to try to get my fill. Get your fill. There you go. <laughs> nice. nice. That's right.
0: So speaking of Valensons, let's. I think now is the perfect time to talk about this uh, this honey beer collab that that's going on here.
2: <laughs> yeah, really pumped about this. Uh, so I guess on the uh, membership thing, uh, I don't remember where we were talking about this. This is one of the parties that uh, Val threw, but he's like, "Hey, man, we should brew beer with your honey." So we have a small apiary in in Pearland. We've got about eight or nine hives um, that my boyfriend and I raise, or raise—I don't know—manage, I suppose. Uh, and so every year there's a surplus of honey and, and wax and different things, um, projects that we do. So we decided to extract a ton of honey this year. I think we ended up with about 25 gallons. And Zal said, "Let's brew a beer with it." What do you want to brew? I'm like, I mean, I don't know. Whatever. What do you want to brew? You know, because. If, have you met Val before? You know, he's a beer wizard, right? You, okay. Okay. So um, I said, I don't, I don't really know what you want to be. He's like, man, I really want to do a Belgian style, like a big Belgian beer. I said, I, I like where you're going with this. So um, a couple weeks ago, we uh, had the privilege of brewing with Val on his small one barrel system. Um, we brewed a Belgian triple uh, that with our honey. Um, so in replacement of the candied sugar, we, we did the honey and, um, and it's big, it's 11%. It's super clean, uh, very low on kind of the Belgian esters. You know, you're not going to get that huge banana, super clean. Um, it, it came out great. So he's got some big plans for it. It'll be on tap pretty soon. So you guys can try it out. Um, I won't tell you the name of it. You'll, you will be surprised, but um, then there's some big plans to package it uh, possibly with some local beeswax on top uh, for the holidays. So um, it's going to be pretty fun. Good, good stuff. And it's, like I said, it's 11% and it drinks like seven and a half. Be careful yep. with that beer. <laughs> That's all I can say. And you know how Bell's beers are. So it's everything, everything there is boozy. It doesn't, through anything below six percent,
0: see. <laughs> yeah, Adam and I were at the uh, in Paraland. They had the Music to My Beers festival, and we we were talking to Val there, and he was talking up that beer about how good it was going to be. So I got yes, surprised, surprised,
2: surprised. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Val and Lori, the whole family, everybody's really cool there. Uh, we can't wait for that beer to come out. I can't wait for it to be tapped. We we tried a little bit out of them, a little little piggly wiggly, <laughs> and it was um fantastic. It's like I don't even drink Belgian styles, you know, very often, you know, it's a little treat, um, and this beer is phenomenal. So really pumped about it.
0: Is Piggly Wiggly a technical term?
2: Yeah, it's, uh, (laughs) yes. (laughs) I don't know the name of that little, uh, device that comes off their, their, their fermenter, but it looks like a little Piggly Wiggly tail.
0: (laughs) Ryan, jump in (laughs) if you know the answer to that question. Uh, (laughs)
1: <laughs> cut that, cut that. his credibility is gone yep.
3: <clears throat> you said you don't particularly like germans typically like what what kind of beers are your favorites the the, the people or the beers
2: i, I love germans
3: <laughs> like what, what are your favorite beers has it changed like are there is there something you think that's like underrated any kind of styles or
2: No, not really. Uh, I'll drink pretty much anything. I'm not a huge fan of Roush beers or smoked beers. So I I tend to stay away from anything that's like smoked Porter or stouts. Um, I also tend to tend to stay away from a lot of the big pastry, like overly sweet diabetes inducing stouts. Um, just because I, I can't drink more than six ounces before I'm full. Um, I'll drink an IPA pretty much any day of the week and um, just, you know, anything that's just well-made. Like, I, I like a really good balanced beer. You know, I'm I'm um, I'm a fan of being creative and I really appreciate with some of the breweries. I know I'm knocking Martin House a little bit earlier, but I appreciate their creativity. Um, just sometimes the execution is really <laughs> off. <laughs> really. And then um, sometimes you just don't want to mess with it. You just want something that, that tastes like beer. Um I spend a lot of time at Back Pew, a big supporter of Bobby Harrell and his, you know, brew team, what they're doing there because uh every beer that he makes, even if it is a German style, it's just traditional style is on point. Um always very well balanced. He knows his water chemistry and uh, it shows. He makes a quality product. So, uh if you ask me what I'm drinking right now, I'm drinking a lot of Salundor, a lot of Spindle Tap, and a lot of Back Pew. <laughs> uh, just Salundor, even though they're famous for their, you know, dessert style beers, they have an American light lager called Kima Suprema that's hella crushable. Um, and then their Doc da Hopiday actually, which is the next one I'm going to open up. Um, I, I we call it Baby Hands because it reminds me of Heavy Hands, but. Mm. Not as not as big but same kind of hot profile
0: anyway Ryan and I were just talking about saloon door about how it seems like every time we have one of their beers it's it's better than expected it, they, they nail a lot of beer
1: yeah
0: I'm, what was the last uh, beer you had uh, at Saloon door well I got this one that I was gonna maybe open up we'll see I got the uh, I haven't had this one before
2: cocoa
0: the cocoa ridiculous so mm-hmm. Doc Hoppe
3: was actually the last one I had, and their peanut butter stout is like the only one I would put up against belching Beavers, probably.
2: Oh yeah, and it's yeah, that's and weird. it's coming in cans, guys.
1: Oh, Ooh.
2: Yeah. yeah, so nitro cans, TCAF uh, is going to be everywhere, very very soon. I'm into
1: that. <laughs>
2: all over Texas. I mean, Cylindor is doing a great job with um, their distribution all over Texas. A lot of San Antonio and Corpus. Um, in the Dallas area, um, I do help brand ambassador for Saloon Door, So I'm a big fan of a lot of their IPAs and they're getting back around to the traditional styles. Um, so there's a Vienna lager uh, that's out it's called V for Vienna. Um, they also have a Hellas that's really, really great. And uh, like I said, Kima Suprema, which is their American light lager. Uh, super, super, super crushable. But uh, even their IPAs, I mean, you can't really... Maybe this image doesn't do it justice, but, um, you know, they're they're standing their grounds when it comes to the hazy, for sure. And can we talk about hazy beers? Can we talk about all the triple IPAs that have been coming out of Spindle Tap? Those guys have been crushing triple IPAs. And I'm like, am I missing the boat on this? Is there some kind of like hype with triple IPA that I don't know about yet?
0: I've, I've always felt like Spindle Adam and I have talked about this before. Spindle Tap is like, I don't know why it's not the most hype brewery in, in the nation. It's like they, they nail so many beers there. So
1: <laughs> for me, there's Spindle Tap for hazy IPAs, and then there's everybody else.
0: You're so. <laughs> wrong about that. The Houston Haziest, I think, was my favorite of their triples so far, but I, I haven't tried the newest one that just came out. The um, What was it
3: called? The
1: Triple Crown?
3: The Triple Crown. You oh know, yeah, really. I
1: haven't had that yet.
3: Yep. You've mentioned the the brand ambassador thing. Can you walk us through a little bit about how you got involved with that and what all that entails?
2: So, hmm, how did I get involved with that? Um, really just engaging with the brewery on social media a lot. Um, you know, a, a lot of pictures, a lot of just showing up to the events um just being a part of, you know, their their tap room vibe, right? Um part of being a brand ambassador is kind of representing a area of people that come into the, you know, representing their their customer base, right? Finding a way to network with them and find something that's relatable so that it draw draws in more sales, right? Um I don't remember when I got in with Spindle Tap. Um Brody and John and I mean everybody that works at Spindletop has just always been really really cool. I've been going out there since well I, I went opening weekend and to be honest with you I went opening weekend at Spindletop and I was like I'm not sure I'll come back to this place because this place is weird. And their, first, their first four beers were like Honey Hole uh, which I was like this is not an ESB and uh, I, I think Hop Gusher which was really good and a couple of other beers but um, as soon as they launched Houston Haze for the first time, I didn't like it. I just, I really couldn't drink it. I couldn't get on board with the haze thing at first. Um, took a trip out to New England for a week and a half, did some some um, industry research, <laughs> and came back a uh, changed person and, and uh, fell in love with with all the hazies that they were doing. Um, they are, in addition to creating kind of this new wave of hazy IPAs in Houston, you know, they started the movement with, I would say, alongside with Baba Brew House, because they were kind of in the same um, time frame. For some reason, it just stuck. And it could be, could be the marketing, could be the vibe. I mean, they're right, very close to the heart of Houston. So of all the breweries in town that embody the Houston beer culture, um, and and everything that Houston beer represents, I think Spindle Tap nailed every single one of those points. Um, badass tap room, pretty good distribution. You can go into most grocery stores and you know find their beer. Um, and then when you go to the tap room, you feel like you're at home because everybody's so nice and welcoming. It's I can't say enough great things about Spindle Tap to be honest with you. <laughs> I think
3: I think you just convinced Adam and Drew to like Spindle hat.
1: I think we'll have to make a visit just just for that.
3: I'm curious to hear. Like you
1: said, you were there at Spindle Tap like day one. How has Spindle Tap evolved? Like the the first Spindle Tap Houston Hayes you had. How does that compare to what they're what they're bringing today?
2: So it's hard to say because there's there's been a lot of changes since then, right? grown the system. They got the canning line. Um I as I mentioned, I didn't really like Houston Haze at the beginning because I just I, I guess I really wasn't I was used to the i just got used to the West Coast style, right? So I'm drinking really like palate records, right? Just really bitter bombs, um, resiny, super earthy, piney, like licking a forest floor kind of thing. And and then i now I'm being forced to kind of Accept this fact of oh this is very citrus forward this is kind of like orange juice right and it was kind of a shock to me I, I really didn't grab it right on um, to be honest with you I don't know I, other than the vibe right I went opening weekend because I just happened to be googling and, and driving through the area at the time to be honest and a new brewery was opening I said hey let's just try it it was packed to the brim. Um, there, we were like, this is a logistics company or what's going on here, right? This is, this is a little bit of an unusual setup. The beers were okay. Um, and I just really didn't start going until after I think around uh, 5% tent kind of started showing its face. Um, we also, as a part of Girls Pine Out of Houston, we did a, 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 a beer that was like a strawberry IPA. It was called One Can a couple of years back. Um, and then from there, I just found myself kind of steady going up there every month, replenishing my two cases of heavy hands and, you know, saying hello uh, to our friends at the food truck at Texas, Texas, <laughs> and uh, getting a big old pretzel with cheese on it to, to close out a Saturday. But I, I don't know. I just like going out there because it's, you know, it's it's fun. They just makes you feel at home, you know? Mm.
0: So Ryan, I know you had this, you had uh, your own agenda over there. Like what, what do you have, what do you have left, man, on your list? That, that I know you're dying to get into that.
1: Don't let us down, Ryan. See me over here,
0: like getting antsy. Yeah, I see
1: it. I see it in his face. So I did have. A, now that we have the video feature, I did have one observation when you asked Sylvia about what it takes to to become a brand ambassador. I thought I saw you taking notes over there, Ryan.
3: Yeah, I, I have my little outline over here, and I'm checking stuff off as I ask him, so I make sure I know what I've asked and what I haven't. I, I think at this point in the podcast, I want
0: to like congratulate Ryan. Like we haven't talked about it in the previous podcast, but his his feed usually glitches out like halfway through, and he's made it through oh, so brilliant. far Congrats, without completely dropping out of the podcast. So it's a big day for Ryan. I have a, I have a pro setup.
3: He's trying to sh- blame shift over here. <laughs>
1: Well, I, I do think there was one factor that changed this week, and that was Drew got a Wi-Fi mesh system
3: in his house, so he's, he's calling Ryan out. But say, It's weird how we haven't had a glitch, and you just made this big change. we <laughs> were going to have a high-profile
0: guest today. Y'all, y'all didn't warrant the mesh system, but Sylvia warranted the mesh system, so like, only the best.
2: Hey, man, you guys are crazy. It's really been fun chatting with y'all are there any cool events that you're looking forward to this month or before the end of the year? Let's just put it that way.
3: So we're not used to <laughs> these kind of questions around here. <laughs> <laughs>
0: we're, we're getting to the point where we can find where these events are. We're not like so good at the Houston scene where we know where everything that's coming. So we're, we're getting to that point where we're seeing it. We're wanting to go hitting the release parties. I, I see some new breweries opening up and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm super excited about that. I mean, I feel like there can't be enough breweries in Houston. So bring them on.
2: Yeah, no doubt. Um, I met uh, the brewer and one of the owners at a brewery called Frost Town, which is going to be very, very close to, if you guys know where Cider Cidercade is at, it's that um, arcade place where you can go and drink beer. It's uh, kind of, I guess it's Edo off of Navigation. Um, so, anyways, there's a new brewery out there that's that's opening up, and then we've got to give it up to my friends over at Big Al Craft Brew House. They just opened up in the north side of Houston, which is it's not not quite a brewery yet, although Turkey Forest Brewing is uh, setting up shop in the, the Big Al Craft House. So they have a grand opening, I believe, on the 23rd. I could be wrong on that. Must um, Ryan, you know. <laughs> Uh, but they have a small brewery that's opening. I think it's a one barrel system experimental, uh, really good stout, by the way, nice, dry, roasty, uh, traditional stout. You got to, you got to try it if you do go in. And then, uh, still watching for my buddy Grumpy McGregor's who, uh, may be opening a brewery in maybe the Galveston or Dickinson area. So there's, there's a ton going on, um. That's just kind of scratching the top. But I was talking about events. I was just going (laughs) to let you guys know that since you're in Pearland, and I didn't know you guys were in the west side of Pearland, uh, Halloween over at Valancense is happening the Friday before Halloween on the 29th. Big costume party. I mean, I'm always looking for excuses to dress up and drink beer. Uh, So you guys should definitely join for that. It'll be a good time.
0: Adam's a big costume guy, so I think that's right up
3: his alley. Oh, I do love costumes.
1: Hell yeah. (laughs) He's
3: wearing Iowa Hawkeyes gear, so he's kind of in costume right now.
1: (laughs) I'm just jumping on the bandwagon of the number three (laughs) team in college football right now. So
3: sticking sticking with this events theme, by the time this episode drops, the Renaissance Festival will be going on. Sylvia, I know you're big into that. Huzzah! So... I, I got to know, because I've never been. I don't think Adam or Drew have uh. ever been. And I'm sure people listening probably don't know much about it. So stick with the beer theme. How is the beer scene there? Is there a lot of mead stuff? Specifically, oh also, if you can touch on Brigadine Brewery, because... Yes. I'm very confused about this, so I'd love to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm
2: glad you asked, Ryan. <laughs> no, um... The Texas Renaissance Festival is one of my guilty pleasures of the year. Uh, It's a way to get out the 16th century, pretend you're someone else, um, you know, dress up, drink all the beer and mead that you want, go back, stumble back to campgrounds, and just hang out with some good friends. Um, So I'm actually going, it's opening weekend, which is the, uh, I guess, 8th, 9th, 10th, We usually set up camp there, walk around fair on Saturday, drink beer. There's two good spots uh, that I'll shout out to if you do go to Texas Renaissance Festival. Uh, First stop, always Brigadoom Brewery, which is a uh, small batch brewery that was uh, created in the Texas Renaissance Festival. They had a tap room in Pasadena that's shut down, Um, but they make one of the best Russian imperial stouts around Uh, it's called the black plague you can get it in a bottle and just like with the mead you can just carry around the bottle and take pulls from this uh, russian imperial style as you're kind of frolicking around fair right so that's that's one of the first spots you want to go to second spot you can well i'll add another one the polish tavern is really cool you can get some baba brew house they have uh normally their kolsch and a couple of ipas too um sometimes on tap there and then the Sea Devil Tavern, which is our favorite pirate hangout. They have a pub thing uh, every Saturday at six p.m. That's really fun, and they have um, anything from Lone Pine to they had like Big Sky. We were drinking a lot of stroll back in the day, <laughs> um, and just a lot of local offerings. Uh, good beer on top I mean, you're gonna have your Carvach and your In-Houser Bush, but um, but you'll have some local offerings. But uh, yeah, Renaissance Festival is, you're missing out.
0: <laughs> so now is that the only place you can get Brigadine Brewery is at the Ren- yeah. Renfest? Okay. As we were building our Houston Brewery spreadsheet of all the breweries within 50 miles, that was one we were trying to figure out. But it sounds like we have got to go to Renfest now if we're going to yes. truly do this challenge. That's, that's guaranteed.
1: It's our only option. So, yeah. do you like,
0: do you adopt an accent when you go as well? Because uh, I could really get into that if there's like some,
1: you know, accents involved. Don't get him started on that. Just, <laughs> just for Ryan and my sake, just please say no.
2: Of course. If you're not in character, then how much fun is that?
1: <laughs> All right. I'm in there.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> you sold us. <laughs> So I think we're at that point in the podcast where I think we should maybe, uh, end on some plugs. So, uh, so Sylvia, is there anything you want to plug at the end of the episode?
2: This right? whole show has been a plug. What are you talking about? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was curious before we do some plugs, are you guys going out to the Texas Craft Brewers Festival in Austin this year? The festival?
0: That sounds pretty awesome. I don't know. <laughs> Adam and I both have three kids, and so like every weekend is kind of like, what sport are we playing? It's like
1: a war zone. Yeah. It's like
0: Adam can't even go to a brewery anymore because he's got t ball every Saturday at like three o'clock, God. which is a terrible time for t-ball. no. Ball. It's
1: six o'clock.
0: Oh, si- even worse.
1: Six p.m. to seven p.m.
2: Oh man, you guys, you guys have a tough. Yeah. My daughter, my only one, um, is twelve already, so it's like. Hey, can you hold this phone for me while I make a TikTok for you? <laughs> you know, so now she's involved in it. But, um, yeah, if you guys do get to make it out to Austin, um, for the festival, it's going to be a really kick ass time. Um, tons of breweries from the Houston area are, are going, um, as long, you know, along with some of the Texas, uh, breweries, a lot of Austin representation, but it should be a pretty good, pretty good time. Um, on the 16th, which is next weekend, if you want to make a trip down to Galveston Island, they're throwing their Oktoberfest, which looks pretty awesome. Um, they're going to have, they're gonna have obviously, the food, and they're going to have uh, all the contests and stuff, but there are uh, a lot of cool merch and things on the island if you're willing to make the trip down. Let's see, what other plugs? So, um... Happy Holidiculous is coming out, uh which is a salted caramel Russian Imperial Stout from Salundor. Expect to see that in the next couple of weeks. It's going to be uh, you know, around town and stores and uh we're also going to be throwing a big party at Salundor. So if you guys want to come and hang out with me and try some cool beers and hey, we can even um post up shop and do a live show if you want. Uh let me know cuz we're expecting a good time then.
0: That sounds awesome.
2: Awesome. <laughs>
0: Ryan, do you have anything to plug today?
3: Nothing to plug. I wanted to ask Sylvia. She mentioned it and it sounded pretty interesting. So I wanted to ask her more about it. It was the Girls Pine Out deal. You want to tell us a little bit about that?
2: Yeah. So Girls Pine Out is a national nonprofit organization. It's it's aimed at getting more women into the beer scene, whether that's through brewing or uh, sensory or even beer judging. Right. Uh, This is a good foot in the door if you want to learn a little bit more about that. Um, so I'm with the help of Gail and, uh, Lindley, we manage Houston girls pine out proper, which is inner city. And then we also have clearly Galveston, which covers everything South of the belt. There's two other chapters in Houston that are not active either. Um, so if any of your listeners are female and want to take on a new adventure in craft beer, I'm looking to pass the torch. So, uh, if you know any kick-ass girls that like to drink beer and show up and, you know, send them my way. This is beer diversity. Um, you guys do a great job at the podcast. I love it. Uh, but let's just face it. There's not enough women in this space and we need that. So reach out for sure.
0: And and honestly, Sylvia, you've classed up our podcast by like 400% with the, <laughs> just the three of us. So I, I think you're right that there needs to be a larger female presence in the brewing industry. Yep.
3: And I'll, I'll give a huge recommendation for the Draft Queens podcast. You guys are right to the point. It's an easy listen. You guys have obvious enthusiasm for the beer, and it like comes through, and it, it makes you want to go out and try that stuff too. So anybody listening, go check that out for sure.
2: Thanks, Ryan. Really appreciate that. If you're on Facebook and you're looking for more beer conversation, join us at the Texas Beer Collective. Um, just search for the group on Facebook. Um, it's just a group of like-minded individuals that want to share photos, occasional shotgun videos, events that they're going to be going to. You know, If you're looking for some new friends in this space, if you want to come and join or see where I'm drinking or where my friends are drinking, join the Texas Beer Collective on uh, Facebook groups. And it's a hell of a good time. Um, just don't laugh
1: at our shotgun videos.
3: <laughs> There's will be nothing
1: joining. better than shotgun videos, especially a shotgun video of Drew's Pathetic ass trying to do a shot.
0: <laughs> I did beat Ryan today for the record and,
1: and Ryan, I'm sorry. Somebody that get that on should, video. You
0: should be in tapes of the yourself. beer Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> so my only plugs, I'm, I'm just going to plug across uh, cross the streams, media.com. I plug it every episode. So you can find our podcast with a bunch of other awesome podcasts out there. We do have a H town brewery challenge page on our, a sub page on our, on our page. And I've added the link to the Houston beer guide and I'll try to uh, add as many Houston links as I can. So I feel like this has been a really awesome Houston beer episode. I feel like Houston is that city that I've always fallen fallen in love with because it's all about people lifting up other people in the city. It's not a dog eat dog city. It's really a, a, you know, love across the board. And so that's what I love about Houston. And I feel like, everything Sylvia has been talking about today kind of falls in that realm. So yeah, this is the quintessential Houston beer episode today. So I want to thank Sylvia so much for being on, on the show today. It's been awesome. Thank you, Sylvia.
2: Hell yeah, guys. Let me know anytime we can come and talk. Yes. i pop in anytime and join you.
0: We're going to take you up on that. For sure. Adam, you want to bring us home?
1: All right, Sylvia, thanks so much for, uh, for joining us. All of our listeners have gotten the pleasure of hearing from the Houston Beer Queen. You've, uh, you've definitely informed us about the beer community in Houston. So we'll see you all next time. This has been a Beering Ain't Easy production in Houston, Texas.
0: Follow us on Facebook or Instagram. And if you want to see what we're drinking, our untapped handles are Beering Ain't Easy Adam and Beering Ain't Easy Drew.